If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Money Vikings Podcast, where we conquer financial freedom. Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing and personal finance. The Money Vikings Podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are, the Money Vikings. Defense of ARK ETFs and how to never freak out about a market drop again. What? Me worry? Welcome to the Money Vikings podcast number 31, everybody. Bob and Jerry, are you there? Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make the intros as cheesy as possible. I really am. You're nailing it. Dude. You are nailing it. Yeah. Yeah. Get a kick out of it. I really do. It's good. Really it. it's, it's good. Dude, cheese, cheese factors through the roof. I love it. <laughs> But uh, in all uh, seriousness, we have an awesome show today. Um, we got some really important topics, I think, uh, in terms of, you know, I, I, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about a possible shift to value because, you know, we've come, you know, we're, we've gone through this pandemic, right, where high tech, you know, growth stocks have just burned through the atmosphere, just blowing up, right, like every day. And there seems to be this kind of like mellowing correction going on where there, it doesn't seem like they're going to stop growing. You know, they're still going to dominate, I think. Right. But there seems to be like this sort of like this sort of cyclical thing that's like, hey, you know, don't don't forget financials. Don't forget oil. Don't forget, you know, the world still operates on these things. <laughs> right. I've been bag holding uh, energy ETF for about a year and a half now. And it's finally coming back. I probably lost 75% of the value of it. And it's I'm only like four hundred dollars underwater now, and I'm, I can see the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's been uh, and, and Delta too, you know, industrials and airlines—they're all coming back. It's very interesting yeah. to watch. Well, and 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 I'm reading that some of those might even be some growth areas, right? Yeah, over a couple of years. So you know, you never know. But um, it, it's an interesting topic we're going to get into a um, little bit on, in, in new stuff. I mean, so. I'm sure you guys are reading, but, you know, the vaccine rollout is like really gaining momentum. Right. And I read the last three days that we've done like three million doses a day. It's crazy. Which, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. They, and I think with the with all the other uh, drug manufacturers that are starting to trickle in and come on board and and they're finding their niche and, and you know, some vaccines are more of like a Johnson and Johnson, I think, is going to be a. Um, a more of a supportive vaccination. They're going to try to roll it out. It's still way up in the air, but um, what is it? The AstraZeneca is, is a, under fire for right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. as more of them more come on board, it's it's going to help us kind of be able to mass distribute and tackle this thing. So it's great. I'm telling you guys, I, I went out into the world a little bit today and I can just tell people are jonesing to go out. So it's last chance to get your um, luxury mall reap. I love <laughs> 
property group guys it's your last chance next week because i'm telling you people are gonna <laughs> all the stores are gonna be closed and people are barging in trying to get trying to get stuff two or three months from now man i'm telling you guys two or three months from now people are gonna be are gonna be uh back at it they want to go out and do things so we're hearing that by july 4th you know it's kind of a target out there um as a new normal but i gotta tell you, i gotta ask you guys you know i don't know if you guys are going through this but I'm having a little bit of challenge with how to reemerge, you know, how to go back out and navigate society again, because we've been, this has been a year. It's been weird and it's been hard at times. Uh, are you guys experiencing that? Or are you guys just cool as a cucumber? Like no big deal. Well, but, but here's the thing though. I, I mean, regardless, I mean, being vaccinated just means that you can still get it. And if you do get it, your, your symptoms are going to be very supposed to be very mild and you can still, um, transmission rate is supposed to be greatly reduced when you're vaccinated. Um, so it still makes me nervous. I, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the unknown, right? I mean, well, I'm just trying to figure out how to like interact with people again. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, I, I saw somebody the other day that I really care for and love and I was around them and we did the, uh, you know, instead of hugging, which we would normally done or shake. No, we did the Vulcan. Um, we did the Star Trek Vulcan uh, Spock sort of. We're all, hey, what's up, Spock? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like big I am. I was like, oh, I like this actually. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever gonna shake hands again. I don't know. I, I think mean, we will. I think we will. We will. Yeah, we will. It, I mean, because here's the thing: is you keep in mind, it's not touching somebody's skin that gives you the virus, right? It's breathing in. It's, it's that's true, right? So it's, if, you, if you shake somebody's hand, that's fine. Just don't be you know, picking your nose or, you know, it's like, you got to keep your hand away from your face a little bit. <laughs> That's all. That's all. It's as always, always. We're spitting at each other. You know, they say, they say, man, you live in interesting times, you know, and we certainly live in, in times, but I think, I think the next year or so, as we continue to do our show, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch the world emerge. And right. is it going to be sort of a situation where, like, I'm, I'm very curious a year from now if we're going to just kind of say something like, oh, that was weird. And like everything's kind of just humming along or if there's going to still be like all these sort of different things we do, you know. And I mean, there's the obvious ones like, you know, maybe I'll always wear a mask on a plane. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Like those of us who are office workers, you know, I feel like at least for me, I feel like I'm going to go back in at some point. But I, I certainly don't think I'm going to go in five days a week again. I think it'll be like one or two. So that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to, it's going to be very interesting as we, as we go along. But uh, guys, I got to mention it. We mentioned it every show because it's so crazy. But, you know, Bitcoin again, 61,000, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, so I wanted to share something. I, I, I really liked, uh, I saw an interesting interview with Anthony Scaramucci, the, the mooch, as he's known um, in popular. He's the, if for those who don't know, he's the Wall Street uh, hedge fund guy, um, and he was he was famously Trump's chief of staff for like I think like ten days. It yeah. was a really odd kind of. But anyway, I actually whether I you like him or not or whatever, I actually kind of enjoy listening to him to be honest because I find him very. Uh, he's got sort of that like New York Italian like blunt kind of way about him. But anyway, he had some good. He's he's gotten into Bitcoin. And he, he got into it a few months ago and, and started uh, investing uh, 5% of his um, fund's assets in it. But I liked his take on it because it kind of reminded me of how I feel about it. He said, listen, he goes, I'm not an evangelist. He said, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, it's the next coming of whatever and it's everything in the right. world. He said, I'm not like that. 
But he said, I'm going to take a pragmatic approach to the technology and look at it as a new asset. You know, he, I was originally a skeptic, but he now understands it as a store of value. And he, he emphasized that we've talked about the built-in scarcity. And that's, he believes the scarcity is the major strength. You know, and as we look at 1.9 trillion stimulus packages and all kinds of things going on after this pandemic um, and discussions about inflation, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Um, And the the other interesting thing he said is he said, you know, he actually thinks there's only going to be about 18 million Bitcoin at the end of the day because he thinks 3 million of them have already been lost. And he said, we'll never we'll never be recovered. So I thought that was an interesting. Did that one guy ever unlock his account? Was he on like his last? Password attempt. Password to... attempt. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I don't I'm know. Sure there's tons of stories like that. I know, right? I'm gonna say there's there's a number well, there. Don't be the guy. Remember the guy that got like he sold, he sold like 200 Bitcoin for yeah. two pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, oh just just God. the Bitcoin and buy the seriously, dude. Just not buy pizza if you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> just wait a few days. I mean, pizza uh, guy right now. Well, it's it's like he's I using mean, Dogecoin today. So just think of right. it that way. Right, right, right. He's moved on to something else. Well, I have enough FOMO as it is with Bitcoin. And, and, and granted, I think the three of us have made money off yeah. of it. Not life-changing, but I've, I've, made, I've made money off yeah. of it. Um, it it's, I, could, I could buy a car. It's not, you know, it's not like, I, you know, I couldn't retire and buy a mansion, but I could buy a car, yeah. you know, so I made some money. Um, but uh, I don't know. You, I mean, you guys know my thing is I'm, I'm just kind of doing small uh, and Scaramucci said the same thing. He's like, do he's like, basically, he said he just suggests investors do buy small sleep night amounts that they can forget about. So he's like, if you got 500 extra bucks that you're not going to worry about and you would have blown it anyway, buy the Bitcoin and forget about it. So that's I what mean, the that's what stimmy checks are going to go into Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screw the economy. These are going, the, the economy's going to crash. Bitcoin's going to go up. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it was. So that's an interesting point. I mean, it was it it was in fact a K-shaped recovery, right? So meaning that the people with assets and with uh, white collar jobs and and uh, non restaurant jobs and the people with stocks did very well actually the last year financially. But then you've got the restaurant workers, um, uh, you know, other other jobs got decimated. So it was a very uneven, right. uh, you know, pandemic. Are very uneven, you know. Uh, things and so you know that was actually one last thing that Scaramucci talked about is he when he was talking about the, tr- the the stimulus he said you know he said you just have to think of government for what it can be he said it's a blunt instrument yeah. so he said you're that's that's all you're ever going to get out of it it's going to be a blunt instrument that's going to do a job uh but he, you know he said that's just all you can expect so I don't know. The guy was interesting. I'm, you, you know, we're always looking for kind of interesting people. This is and views, and this is the other thing so. I, I look at with when it comes to Bitcoin because um, I, I think we get so infatuated with the dollar amount value of a Bitcoin right now, and we're not stepping back. And I always say it and talk about this is like it, it's about the percentage, right? So like in the past month, it's only gone up twenty three percent. I mean, I say that only, right? Only oh. like everything goes up twenty three percent. That's right? it, Bob. But what, 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 here's my thing, Greg. Is like there are plays out there right now. There, if you do your stuff like that, you think that is going to outperform Bitcoin. It's just that Bitcoin is getting to this astronomical dollar value. You know, I think I think that's the it's you, the yeah. If if you bought one at sixty thousand dollars right now, you know what what is it gonna? I mean, at some point, this thing has got to peak, right? right? It's I mean, it's not 
Not one Bitcoin isn't going to be worth a billion dollars. Not one Bitcoin isn't going to be worth a billion dollars. Oh, let's save. Let's but, save that soundbite. <laughs> right. And put a loop. <laughs> I mean, I think there is a case to be made, though. I mean, I've read many of them. I know you guys have, too, that it could settle between 100 and 400,000 right. coins. <laughs> but but you got to think about when though, because like is that is that I'm, I'm there's there's the high there's the high possibility that um big a hundred thousand dollars a coin by the end of moving um it's very plausible um but I just I, again I just think to myself I step back I, I think it's cool to watch it happen but I, I think to myself there's so many other things that I could play right now and make more money than if I were to just let Bitcoin do its thing. There's other things that are up and coming and advancing that I could put money in yeah. that would do better than Bitcoin. Because I, just to point it out, Tesla, uh, March 8th, it was down 30% for the month. Okay. They're, so almost almost 31%. Mm-hmm. Um, buying uh, opportunity. Yeah, extreme buying opportunity. Yes. Um, that yeah. was March 8th. Um, and then as of March 14th, they're only down 15%. So they've recovered... Um, 15% in six days. So, you know, to see that, that what Bitcoin did, you know, 20 something percent in a month, you know, most of that was done in six days of Tesla. You got to wonder how much of it now is right. FOMO, right? Like, right. I mean, people just, they, they see the headlines and, oh, you know, last year I could have bought one for $3,000. I know. Oh, there 60 and so one of the, so main topic today, one of them is we're going to talk about a uh, concept of asset allocation and shift to value. Um, I don't know, Jerry, do you want to kind of launch us into yeah, that? Yeah, sure. It's not a it's not a huge section, but uh I just wanted to talk about uh in the way I think about the uh, the, the overall portfolios. You know, we often talk about the 60-40, 70-30, 80 portfolios. And so now I just want to focus a little bit on the the stock portion of it. Let's say you've gotten your allocation right that you feel is appropriate for your age and you know your emergency funds and all that stuff. So how do you slice and dice? It's not just you're not done when you just say, okay, I'm happy with uh, 70, 30. What do you do with the 70? 30 might be cash, 30 might be bonds. And so there's a lot of, a lot of thinking there. But on the 70, there's even more ways to uh, slice and dice all the the, all the the stocks and equities that you have uh, so so today I just wanted to talk a little bit with you guys about uh, how we do that one of the uh, one of the big ones is by geography you know most of our investments are probably uh, we're, we're biased to the US so we'll, we'll probably pick mostly US stocks uh, but there's also international so you can you can think about that and then within international you can split that up into emerging and developed. You can also split up your stocks by sector, by by industry, mm-hmm. and by market cap. There's large cap, there's small cap, and then there's also stock type where there's value versus growth. And uh, it sounds like we're we're moving from, uh, from from growth to value at least right now. I don't know if that trend will persist or not. And then there's other themes. Uh, there's ETFs like the new space ones that are coming out. There's mm-hmm. EVs. Uh, you know, there's cannabis, what, whatever. Um, so, you know, people can, can, in gaming, esports, there, so there's a lot of different ways to, to slice and dice your portfolio and your stocks. Um, if you don't want to just go into a, uh, you know, index S and P 500 low cost index fund that, that mimics the Dow Jones or spy or Russell 2000s. Um, because what, I, one thing I find, um, really interesting about the themes is that 
you know, a lot of times, like, like sometimes on our discord group or other, like sort of stock clubs, um, you know, we get, we get fixated and it's fun on like an individual stock, right? Like for example, let's take our favorite Tesla that we've always, you know, thought is really great. But I think for someone who is coming into investing and maybe didn't catch the, the, the wave on Tesla, I like the idea that they can still get in on like, you know, um, EV right. action without having to like just go all in on one company, you know, that really, really, um, I think manages their risk. I mean, I particularly enjoy doing it. We'll talk about it later mm-hmm. with like genomics. It's very hard to pick the winner from genomics. It's, it's very volatile. It's very risky. I mean, these, this is cutting edge right. companies, right. That are doing very risky things, putting up lots of money, a lot of, uh, clinical trials going on. And, a lot of those clinical trials are not going to work, but they, but they advance sort of human understanding. Right. So it kind of builds on the next level. But anyway, I, I'm just I, lately, I've just been really thrilled by these thematic um, ETFs because, you know, space is another good mm-hmm. one here that you mentioned, uh, Jerry, because, you know, it's really awesome to be able to capitalize on what's going to happen in space because space is, I mean, you know, to sound cheesy, the next frontier. Um, but it, it really is. I mean, there, there's going to be a lot going on with satellites a lot going on with space exploration, um, a lot of stuff with sort of like understanding our climate um, and, and how we fit in the universe. But it's but I would say it's very hard and risky to pick one space stock, right? Like, are, you know, are you just going to put like, if you have $5,000, you're going to put it all into Virgin Galactic. They might do fine for a while and they might not, you know. So anyway, it's, I did it's, the thematic it's a good point. And really if I, you know, if I had the time to research all of the different uh, space exploration stocks to to go with your example, maybe I would identify one that I thought had the best chance of success. And there's probably some losers in there and there's probably some, some really good ones. So, you know, it it comes down to time. uh, And it's also a question of risk reward. I think for anybody that can pick the best space stock, let's see they're let's say they're really good at looking at balance sheets and understanding the the future and this company has a proven track record and maybe they just hit hard times, but they're about, you know, there was a dip and then, you, you know, you can get it cheap and it's going to explode. Um, you can probably do a lot better than the ETF. The ETF is going to drain some of your, uh, your returns, right. but they'll also be, it'll be a little less volatile and more they'll stable. Pad so, your losses too. Exactly. Yeah. So it really depends on your comfort level and your, your conviction and your ability to research these different themes and companies. Nobody, no, I, I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I'm not going to try and pick the best space themed company or best EV company out there. So that's why, that's why I do yeah, like the I, ETFs for yeah. me personally. Here's here's something to also think about is when you start getting into these like specialized areas of focus. So like we talk about the space exploration and stuff like that. In in those segments, as we move on, we're gonna see more acquisitions. You know, mergers and acquisitions aren't always about um, the bigger acquiring the smaller. Sometimes they're actually sideways acquisitions where one company does the same thing as another, acquiring the other company because collectively together their components at equal kind of a value point can actually make progression um, to lead to a larger acquisition. So I think we're going to see more and more of that type of behavior. So a merger, I guess, right? And we're going to see more mergers in in the coming years as we start going into new realms. Have been. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of, like you mentioned, there's a mm-hmm. lot of winners out there that probably could have a, a good 
guess that you, you pick up some shares at a discount right now at cheap and hold it. And at some point in the next year or two, you might see a merger happen to company and that maybe one of them. I don't know. That's my, mm-hmm. my thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you guys doing anything in terms of this shift to value? I know that I've just been um, nibbling at the edges and just sort of putting a little more into things like uh, Vanguard value fund. And uh, for me, like BRKB, um, the classic value I play, am. right? Berkshire. Yeah. Um, what, what I'm doing yeah. is I'm not, I'm not spending more cash. Uh, you know, I do have a little bit of cash uh, in my uh, portfolios. Uh, that, you know, I keep for, you know, opportunities, but I do like to keep a base, a base amount of cash in brokerage accounts always, no matter what. So instead of just buying more value, I'm shifting, I'm selling growth, um, you know, every, every once in a while and, and moving mm-hmm. that, moving that, uh, those profits. I think I just did that with my 401k. Actually, I moved some, uh, some growth into value. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. And then also what I do is I look at Finviz every day. I look at Morningstar every day, and I like to see you know where the market is going right now and, and what it's doing. Uh, at the time that uh, large cap growth was green and and value was red, and so uh, you know that on those on that particular day, that's that's how it played out. But if you look at the historicals over the last few uh, months, you'll notice that uh, value is starting to uh, outpace growth. And if you go into something like a uh, coin and mm-hmm. you put in a couple of those uh, ETFs that you just mentioned, like IWF and IW, uh, IVW. Yeah. You can see, you can see historically growth has always outperformed value and, but lately value is outperforming growth. And so what I do in Finviz is obviously you can just, you can just, look at the ETFs that are growth and value and buy and sell them as, as you please. But sectors are also in particular areas like uh, industrials and energy. Energy, I believe, is, a, is value. And I looked at my exposure overall in my entire retirement portfolio and saw I had very little energy exposure except for that uh, oil and gas exploration ETF that I'd mentioned I was bag holding, which is finally coming back. But, you know, the, the more popular ones, the XLEs, uh, that thing was, it was doing really well. So I just took a shot because I noticed that day after day after day, energy was showing up as, as the top sector every day for the past month or so. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll just take a shot. I bought a call option on XLE, made 500 bucks. I was pretty happy about that. Um, I could have held it longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could have made more. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm trying to do. I'm looking at my overall portfolio act. Uh, allocations, looking at where the the leaders seem to be, and trying to get a little more exposure if I'm if I'm low on those. I like I've been saying on this uh, podcast for months. I think I have plenty of growth. I have plenty of Apple, plenty of Amazon, plenty of Facebook, plenty of Microsoft. Yeah. So as great as those are, I feel like I don't need more, and I'm probably a little bit overexposed. So yeah. that um, I'm trying to right. just kind of watch right. that. Uh, watch that uh quadrant and you know we i think morningstar has them fidelity has them uh and they'll show you exactly kind of where you are uh compared to any given index that you're uh you're trying to mimic love the approach yeah it's awesome jerry i was gonna say uh, uh, for me I, I i talked to you know greg you and i talked about this offline but um i 
I actually have really enjoyed the kind of experience of trying to find that diamond in the rough stock and, and, you know, microvision was, it, you know, is that, and it's, it's now rolling over to the next one. And there's, um, there's different, uh, people that I kind of, uh, follow in when it comes to the diamond and the rough stocks. And, and so I've actually been playing that side instead of, instead of looking towards the, you know, the growth or value it's more about the penny stocks and finding the, the next, the next big one. Because again, as as we move into this new advancement in technology and space and whatnot, it's trying to figure out okay, what is going to have you know quote unquote value, right? But it's, it's a different approach, mm -hmm. and so it's like I've I've been yeah. doing things like um, you know GSAT, USX, Jevo, EVO, um, BSQR, uh, you know of course MBIS, like SOS. SOS, like that's gonna that's gonna be huge because as as Bitcoin and Ethereum go up. SOS is going to go up. I'm going to pick up more SOS on Monday. Nice. Yeah, they're going to they're hmm. just going to keep going up. Well, it's a good segue, Bob, and I yeah, and I and I always appreciate you having that yeah. kind of angle on it and that approach. Um, it's kind of you know um, one of the reasons we're going to do a little segment here on the on the Arc funds and kind of what happened the last three weeks. Um, but it's it's along the same themes because I, the Arc funds, you know, I I do a deep dive into like what's what they trade each day. And it's like a great way right. to learn about the world, like you're saying, like all this stuff that's going on. Um, a couple of weeks ago, the ARC funds, um, you know, went through a correction as folks were spooked by technology growth stocks valuations and uh, that in comparison to um, increasing bond yields. But this last couple of weeks, we saw that all bounce back. Um, I personally went in and picked up a few discounted shares, um, you know, basically watched and sat because you guys know I'm long, I'm long ARC. Um, just because I, I believe in the philosophy and the transparency. Um, you know, I certainly don't see ARC funds returning what they what they have the last couple of years. I mean, ARC innovation, you know, was up 169% the last year. ARC genomics was up 214%. Uh, you know, don't see that happening, but, you know, could see 15, 20, 25. You know, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, Kathy Wood uh, does sort of a five-year horizon um, you know, but you guys get the idea there, but one that I've been looking at, you know, and it's, it's a good segue from what we've been talking about is arc genomics. Um, I got to read this to you guys. We were talking about, she said, Wood said the biggest upside surprises are going to come from the genomic space. And that's because the convergence of DNA sequencing, artificial intelligence, and gene therapies are going to cure disease. Um, you know, so it's not surprising that she's got things like CRISPR therapeutics, uh, and, and other things like that. So it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, Bob, where you're, you're learning about these fascinating companies that, you know, are not your, they're not your Amazons. They're not your right. Facebooks. They're not your apples that everybody knows about. Um, but they still may be yeah. really good investing opportunities. I, you know, I will um, tell you, and I will tell you this, so, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it about the correction. You know, um, I will say that from the charting that I've done and the patterns and a lot of the technicals and also the stuff that's going on in the market space, um, I will tell you, I truly believe starting that we have any full correction yet. This is, um, we had a bounce back, but as you, I don't know if you notice is on Friday, we started rolling over again because the 10 year, um, is pushing limits. It's kind of rolling back up again. Um, well, it's music my right? ears hey, that you're saying more buying is, opportunities right? are coming. Yeah, so I mean, hold some is. dry powder. I, I mean, me personally, I hedge. I hedge. I play mine is SQQ um, uh, or FNGD, Fanged. Um, I, I 
I play those. Um, UVXY is very cheap right now. It's less than $8 if you're uh, yeah. interested. That's the, uh, that's the VIX. Yeah, VIX at SPY inverse. So that's the thing is it, it, once the SPY goes down, um, UVXY is going to... And then uh, SQQQ is obviously the inverse of NASDAQ. Um, fanged FNGD is the opposite inverse of the Fang stocks. Um, so yeah, each one of those, you know, play at your own risk, but that, that, that's how I'm hedging right now. The, the final thing we want to talk about today are some tips for people to yeah. not freak out yeah. about a market drop again. We were talking about this before we started the show. Um, we, <sighs> All of us have now experienced quite a few market implosions. Yeah. You know, they they happen. Um, I, you know, Dave and I have personally we were we were in the beginning of our careers, but I mean, we saw the dot com bubble burst. We saw nine eleven hit. We saw the great housing bubble recession hit, and now we're going. You know, we're hopefully at the tail end of a of a global pandemic. Um, so, you know, those are quite a few external shocks that initially made the markets yeah. just totally crater. Um, but maybe it's just part of just kind of like getting experience. But, you know, every single time mm -hmm. it always came back and it, and it came rip roaring back. So it's just like really important to remember, you know, uh, Buffett says um, history doesn't repeat itself, mm -hmm. but he says that there are patterns, right? There are themes and patterns that tend to repeat themselves. Um, so I guess I wanted to just share with our audience a couple of ideas in terms of how to just sort of get through the roller coaster, right? Because we know, as you're saying, Bob, another one is going to happen someday. And I don't know if it's a month away or if it's 10 years away. Um, you know, I, I'm personally, I'm a little more, I know you do the charting, but I'm a little more optimistic because I feel like the pandemic situation, there are many people that have been able to save money and invest money during this pandemic. And they really want to get out and do things. And when they start going out and buying cars and traveling again and going to restaurants again, like that is going to push a lot of cash out into society, start yeah. growing a lot of jobs and opportunities. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, but at the same time, maybe maybe all yeah, assets and, and, are and overvalued. Is, I mean, we, we got to remember is that um, our, our economy and, you know, the global market, it's not only about being in the market working and whatnot there's you know we have the commodities and different things the dollar and the value of the dollar the trading um import export there's a lots of things that are the that are components in it and especially you know you know you kind of touched on it it's the yield curve inversion you know that yield curve inversion happened in 2019 and they say anywhere from a year to a year and a half after a year inversion from the 10 year is when you get a market correction and we um mm -hmm. we haven't even seen the full correction um you know it Anything over twenty, like approaching twenty percent and beyond, is um, a bearish market. And then, uh, as you get closer to thirty percent, that's actual depression, market depression. So, you know, we hmm. we've only seen a few percent, well. and it's you know it, the characteristics right now. When we had this this nice like close to a week of of up and things were doing really good, is actually a characteristic of a continued downtrend because you have people jumping in for for quick profits. And then the other things finally catch up, realizing no, it's not ready yet. So you sell off, and then and then what compounds it mm -hmm. is like the dot com is people made all this money during the dot com, just like last year for our pandemic, right? People made a lot of money last year. They have to pay taxes, and so they pull their money out of the market 
to mm-hmm. then be able to pay their taxes and that compounds mm-hmm. the downtrend. So those are all the things, you know, just throw it out there. The, that's yeah. one of the things that I'm looking at. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. It's going to be a downward. But it's not. It's not. It's going to go down world, at some point. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not the world. And that's the point. So the first, first strategies that I think all of us right. use is asset allocation. So you're not, you're not, you're not playing like the, right. the, the MVIS with everything, you know, you're, as, and as Jerry was talking about earlier, you know, he's going to, he's trimming a bit of his growth yeah. and he's adding to value. So I would just look at your overall portfolio and where is everything spread out, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a bond hater, so I still think there's a place for bonds. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, bonds are dead, forget about it. But I, I think there's, a, yeah. there's, at least for me, there's a place for bonds. And and I like that, uh, having that place. Um, it's not the majority of things, I, but, but I I'm good with 30%. If the market was crashing, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if the market was crashing, I wouldn't be in same. bonds. I mean, that's not going to do anything. Money markets. Well, opposite. Yeah. For, I don't know. For me, yeah. I, the bonds have been fine, but, right. you know, again. It's up to each person. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's interesting because our uh, friends over at the Chinchilla Pickings podcast also had mentioned that the bonds are dead as well. And I was I was joking with uh, with Brandon that uh, well, I just got a hundred dollars paid from one of my bonds just just the other day. <laughs> so you, you know, I, I get it. I, I get that uh, times change, and and the idea with bonds is I think they're supposed to be there for you when the stock market is crashing. And, and they're supposed to go up in value. Now, if that if that relationship will stay and continue, uh, nobody knows. I don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. But uh, it's. Yeah. I, I think it would be dumb to sell bonds right now because they're doing bad. Yeah. Uh, I think it's better to probably hold them uh, as some sort of a cushion, or you know, they're not. I don't think they're going to devalue as much as stocks if there were some horrible correction i think that's probably where people might go for safety something like gold as well or who knows maybe even bitcoin if the correlation uh changes yeah i'm glad you jerry and i'm glad you mentioned pickings go go hear them guys everybody hear them they're awesome uh and they're our buddies um but yeah i i had the same i have the same thought because i i know people that make a pretty good income off of nice big you know bond portfolios um, what I have, when I've talked to those folks, uh, and looked at their portfolios, you know, say, look at, go, go to quality, you know, bonds are all different quality, just like stocks, you know? Um, yeah, you're going to get an interest rate maybe on something that's triple B or below. Um, but you know, may, maybe you're feeling right now it's time to go to the A rated bonds and you're just going to get a little less in return. Uh, you know, personal choice, but you know, there's many people that make pretty good living off of their bonds. So Let's put it out there. Um, next one I got here, guys, and I always remind people of this. When I read this, this was a game changer for me. You know, years ago, I used to just totally, not the word isn't obsessed, but totally be fixated on the total value of the portfolio. So, like, let's say the market dropped and, you know, you had 100000 in there. And, you know, the next day it was worth eighty, And then all of a sudden you're having some depressive, you know, depressive episode because you're like, oh, man, $80,000 at a hundred. We really need to get out of that mindset, because, and I'll tell you why. The point of investing and retirement savings is never, right. no one is ever going to take it all out. When you reach the age where you retire at 60 or whatever, and you have the $500,000 portfolio, it's not like the day you retire, <laughs> you take $500,000. It's mine! Right? Yeah. What you want to do is you want to yeah. derive income for whatever your needs are. You know, from that, you know, Bobby only needs 40,000 a month. 
you know, but for uh, uh, those of us who get 5,000, you know, it's a different game. My gold-plated but, yacht. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just, I always like to remind people that, like, it, you know, it's like, oh, man, I had this big portfolio, you know, a pandemic hit in March, and my portfolio went down $200,000, and I'm cashing out. No. And it's like, no, no, don't do that, because the point is when you reach 60, you're going to take you know, seven grand a month out of that thing. You're going to take eight grand a month and you're hopefully that's going to sustain you for decades. So I just, for me, that was a big it's, paradigm it's, shift. And I, and I will say that um, another thing we, we had talked about was that there are a new wave of investors over the past couple of years that are just now coming into the market. And and like you've talk, we've talked about numerous times here is that they haven't experienced all these, you know, recessions and pullbacks and corrections that have happened over decades. And so for them, the the thought is what happened last year. The market just keeps going up. There's no stopping it. There's it's like there's no limit, and that's not reality. And and so to finally be, right. I don't want to say necessarily a losing end, but not on an uptrend. They they freak out and they want to hoard. And mm. I can understand getting out on a high and retaining the buying power if you're savvy enough to know how to play that and know when you have dry powder in place for when things get a little low. And that's, that's an immaculate guessing, but to be a person to take mm -hmm. it all out and start living frivolously because you made a lot of money in the stock market is kind of ass night. And I, and I think we have, it's to your point, Greg is like, mm -hmm. um, you, you need to keep it in there and add on the way down or as things start troughing, add at that, that bottom because yeah, they will traject out and it will then continue. It's up with mm -hmm. momentum. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You hit the moment. Yeah. You no, know, we're always doing Buffett quotes here, but I mean, he talks, he talks about when the market is imploding and falling, he, he likes to run outside with his, with his rain bucket, yeah. right. And catch as much as he can. Right. So he just goes out with like large buckets and he's like, yeah, let me just catch as yeah. much of this as I can as it's imploding. Um, but it's, but it takes a lot of discipline yeah. and knowing yourself to be in that position. Right. Um, so the last one I had here guys was, again, it's kind of actually an ode to Buffett, but you know, his, his, uh, work with like Benjamin Graham and, and, uh, all that stuff. There's this classic quote that I always love where it says that the, the market in the short run is a voting machine, uh, you know, day to day. And in the long run, it's a weighing machine and it measures value. It weighs and measures value. So my point being if you're a person that's going out there and you're trying to be diversified and you're trying to collect um, quality equities, in the long run, those quality equities are going to be valued properly, you know. But the the day to day, I mean, it's Kramer mad money. It's going to be like whatever, you know, whatever is going on in the world that day. Yeah. It's just going to be a quick voting machine and just things are going to be volatile. But in the long run, it does seem to weigh out. So I guess the point is try to have try to have the day-to-day -day emotions in check. I, I, so I am, I am addicted to looking at the market every day. I will admit, and I don't know if that's a good place to be. I mean, I, there's pl plenty of people that never look at the markets and if they're consistently contributing to a 401k with a match, that's well diversified, they're probably going to end up with as much money as me. And they didn't spend one day of a 30 year working career looking at the market and they'll be fine. So you don't have to be that's with this stuff. Um, you know, I, I, but I try to frame in my mind that I'm looking at it for yeah. entertainment. You know, I'm looking at it for information. 
I'm not looking at it to make some quick move like, oh, the Fed said something today. So right. I've got to pull and yank a bunch of money because I always, I always ask myself, if I'm doing things like that, I'm just really not positioned properly. That's how I personally feel. If, if I have that urge to just like, oh, today, you know, you know, <laughs> whatever, Warren Buffett had a talk about it and, you know, it didn't Here we come. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But that, not investment making decisions, investment but you decisions might on whims use like some that. of your speculative fund money for stuff like that. Or if you think rates are going to reverse or something like that, it's perfectly fine to make a short term trade that, uh, yeah. you know, if you have an assumption on something, that's OK. You, you take a shot and you, yeah. you know you what your max loss is and you're comfortable with that. It, it's a trading style, too. That's right. I mean, Greg, because your trading style yeah, is more right. of the the longer term, the investment style, and and you guys know, for me, I I am more of a semi day trade, swing trade person. So I I like those in and out interaction, with quick money. But that doesn't mean that's not all, right? I do. There mm -hmm. there is the the longer that I have on the side, but just um, I I like that. Um, when I, I do too. And in, in my philosophy, I'm, mm -hmm, I'm similar mm -hmm. to, I, I feel like I'm kind of, kind of split personality where I'm a long-term investor, but then I also have some, some accounts where I like to swing trade or day trade yeah. at the same time though, you know, ch things change in life. Uh, you know, I recently got a different job that is just way more stressful and there's a lot yeah. of things going on. So I have sort of taken steps to make my portfolio a little more hands off and some of the trades I'm doing, they're not, what is the fed going to say tomorrow? It's, it's more about, uh, you know, where are things going in the next, uh, you know, four to six months, even like with SOS and GSAT, you know, penny stocks that, uh, I'm excited about. I just bought some calls yeah. out a year from now and I don't have to worry about that, yeah. you know, and I didn't spend very much money. Yeah, exactly. And if, if they do great, I'm happy. If not, I have defined risk mm -hmm. loss, very little loss on those things. And and if I decide I want to get more active and things change, then sure, I can start doing some, you know, weekly options. But that's not uh, that's not the style or the thing. I just want to be able to completely forget about finance and abandon my portfolio yeah. and still be okay for a few months if that yeah. if I have to do that. But Jerry, I mean, Jerry, that's a great point, though. Yeah, where you're life like where you're at at the have the bandwidth i mean you're you know um you know a, a mom that's working through a pandemic you know single mom or whatever whatever trying to take care of a bunch of kids i mean she she's not or a dad right. anybody i mean they're not going to have a lot of time to right to be like you know they're trying to like teach their children and they're trying to take care so you know yeah know where you're at yeah. and what you can put on autopilot right for the next you know um i don't know yeah. uh, month or down the road or whatever so it's great stuff guys uh awesome show any uh any final thoughts or anything you guys wanted to wanted to yeah put in I, there for me it's just I, like i said S sos i'm picking up some of that um you know as, as the um uh they're they're going full bore on the crypto mining um they're you know, focused on ethereum and, and bitcoin so they're they're going to start going up so that, i'm going to be picking that up um MVIS had a great earnings call. Um, they they're positive. You know, <laughs> the revenue is is there, and they talked about having a, a, a ca enough cash burn to last them three to four years now. Going from the threat of, of bankruptcy and needing to you know having to sell by the end of last year to now having enough 
cash to go for cash burn for three or four years is amazing. So their stock is um, on rocket fuel. So that's that's the other thing I'm going to add position there. Um, but and then the hedging that that's my that's my next week. Nice, nice. Well, thank you everybody. Uh, Jerry, Bob, always good talking with you. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Really appreciate the support. Um, please check us out. Please share us if you if you like the show, if you get something out of it. Uh, check out our friends over at Chinchilla Pickings. And uh, Great. talk with you all next week, guys. We are not financial professionals, and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only. We are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way. Our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with. This podcast does not represent the thoughts, intentions, plans, strategies of our employers. It only represents the opinions of the authors. If you need specific guidance on your own financial situation, please consult a financial fiduciary professional.